want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now oh what's uh specifics for Oh, what's up? Hello, and welcome to issue 417 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aronda Ryan. I am one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashitani. Howdy, everyone. We're shaking. Oh, you know, getting back from the Hellmouth. Which, as always, Reno almost claimed me on the flight out. Say again? Reno almost claimed to me on the flight out. The, and this and this always happens? This will be the third time okay. that I have to tell myself, no plane has crashed from turbulence. No plane has crashed from turbulence. No plane has crashed from turbulence. So so it did or did not almost claim you? Oh, no. The, the, the plane bounced like crazy. It tilted to like 30 degrees to one side and then leveled out again. No, leaving Reno, especially when it's kind of stormy, sucks. Hmm. Because Reno is in this really high basin. It has to hit 10,000. You have to hit the like 14,000 feet within like 120 seconds of takeoff. Or you're going to hit a mountain. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, it's just, it's a terrifying place to, to fly out. Of. It's I, awful. I've never flown to or from Reno, but I've driven to and out of Reno. And that sucked. So Right, because it's northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. There's only, but yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually have a weird soft spot for Reno. Mainly because without that. Reno, I'd have gone insane in season one. Right. I uh, didn't really get to uh, enjoy Reno. It was just there to, you know, to sleep on on road trip. Nobody enjoys Reno. <laughs> but I, can, I didn't get to experience everything that Reno, Nevada has to offer. Nevada. It's not Nevada. I don't. It's going to come out of my mouth the way it's going to come out. Okay. It's not like I'm intentionally doing it's it. It's just the one hang-up I get. I don't know why. Well, we, we've had this conversation. I, as I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware of... They, like, rise the chat. He's like, yes, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But it's... And I forgot how in small, rural, very MAGA towns, um, everyone just throws the R word around like crazy. Hmm. Constantly. Interesting. Anything they don't like is that. Or anything they think is dumb is that. Wow. Constantly. That's a, that, oh, is a, that, is a, that is a yeah. holdover. Yep. Um, while I was sick, I started watching Dexter. Uh, I'd never seen it before. Uh, oh, one of the characters is really fond of that word, too. I was like, wow. What, what year is this? Right, yeah. 
early uh, 2000s and, and still in Miami. True. Um, because I mean, I guess I guess I remember that word still being socially acceptable when I was in high school, which is late 90s, early 2000s. So, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, yeah. Still not Phoenix, right? See, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a sliding scale. I like Dexter. Um, Dexter is one of my favorite opening credit sequences, it's cheeky, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. also really long, yeah. Uh, Dexter gets weird when he realizes in real life he's dating. He begins to date the woman the who sister? plays his sister. Yeah, you know? gross. I don't care. All I'm telling you is just it's just you're in for a treat when the season villain is John Lithgow. I remember hearing about that when it was happening, and I am looking forward to that. That's like fourth season, right? But it's yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. I don't know. I'm in season three right now. Um, um, then it must be season four because he's not there. Right. Where it's got that uh, Latino actor who always plays a politician type. I can't think of his name Lisa right now. Morales? <laughs> Kate was also not wrong. Uh, close, but no. Oh, um, um, Jimmy Smith? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yep. it, it's always Isai Morales or Jimmy Smith. Yeah. It's one of the two. He's even a politician in the Star Wars. Isai Morales. That's right. He's Organa. Yeah. I have always wanted to see Jimmy Smith as a Starfleet captain. I just think he'd look cool, especially older Jimmy Smith. I think he'd look cool as a Starfleet captain. Well, what's his face pulled it off really well? Oh, did Fair? Yes. Well, he's not Latino, though. But he's. I'm just saying it actually would be nice to have, you know, one. Mm. In the future, all all I'm getting at is yeah. middle-aged brown guys look good in uniform. I feel like good to know we look good at something. <laughs> Wasn't one of the captains of the other ships on lower decks Hispanic? Yes, but that's a cartoon. I mean, granted, I understand that, but lower decks has been having a hell of a time with a bunch of firsts. Oh yeah, that yeah. we gloss over because it's the funny, the funny track. Well, right, like we, after... we don't always spend time talking about yeah. uh, the the important things that it's me because we're too busy laughing. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe when we come back from the first break, we'll talk about. Yeah, that sounds like a great. Because there'll be spoilers for season four of Lower Decks. Just saying it now. Oh man, will there ever? <sighs> but that's later. later. I don't know why I said it that. I don't uh, know. Norm says, yeah, our word is used as a comma in my region of Texas. Or was used. Uh, is not too different from Longview, Norm. Mm. Just take away the accent. That's that's about it. <laughs> um, anyway, but I was there for a good reason. My sister got married. Yeah, really how was the wedding? It was great. Yeah. Uh, I performed the ceremony. Um, they wanted a contemporary secular ceremony. Which I was like, okay, I can write that. And then Megan asked if I can work in a couple of like nerd lines. Apparently, their favorite movie together, his name is Chris. Their favorite movie to watch together is Deadpool. Okay. Um, so the inside of his ring says, I don't remember. Not, it's, I think it might just say X Force inside it. And hers says, Jimmy Chong. No, she's got a regular, like, traditional ring. He has, like, the black metal with a red band in the middle of it. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool looking. Yeah, the inside of his ring says X-Force. But so, doesn't say anything on the inside? No. Hmm. Um, 
So I worked in the phrase of maximum effort in their house. <laughs> and I, I mean, they approved it. Uh, at yeah, the, at sure. the end, during the ring exchange, instead of being like the ring symbolizes, I went, one true ring symbolizes, because they both love more of the rings, too. And then I called an audible. I told Chris I was going to do this. He's like, do it, do it, do it. So at the end, I'm like, let me introduce you to, you know, state of California, blah, blah. let me introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. Chris Hallmark. And I paused because I was like, um, I, like half second pause because I didn't want people to start clapping. I said, but you can just call them X-Force. <laughs> you know, Megan was like crying, so that actually made her laugh. Like happy cry, but that kind of... Right, yeah, right. It was fun. Uh, Ryan, I missed this earlier, says a hotel room. That is all that Reno has to offer. Uh, and to that, I, I will actually disagree because I, I remember now that uh, it's also where I discovered um, deep fried on crystals. Cool. We got there kind of late. Hi, and I was culinary. Yeah, we got there late. Hard and I was hungry, and there was very, very few options for getting any food delivered to the hotel. And the hotel restaurant was already closed. This happens yeah. on the whole road trip. It was crazy making. It's not like Vegas, where a lot of the restaurants in the hotel stay open like all night. Although when we were in Vegas, I tried to order room service at like midnight or one a.m. And they're like, "Okay, it'll be two hours." I said, "Never mind. Yeah. I will just." Go you know what doesn't happen that is El Cortez. <laughs> um, I, I do have a soft spot for Reno, not just because it was like my only escape, but I had many a wonderful firsts in Reno, and I will always be grateful for it. Any port in a storm? It's a Ren Fair. <laughs> so I can stay on brand. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got John Esquaga's Nugget uh, Nugget uh, um, Car Museum. You like old cars? John. His name is John John Esquaga, and he owns he owns the Nugget, the Nugget Hotel. Okay. Good for Virginia City. I've always wanted to go back to Virginia City. That'd be fun. What happens in Virginia City? It's just an old silver town. We can make tours like old silver mines and haunted hotels, and it's just it's just fun. That's all. It's a place I would want to LARP like a Red Dead Redemption <laughs> LARP game or something. And you totally could do it there. Right. Have your West moment. Yeah. Although, fucking a town in oh, Tombstone, Arizona this year. I had no idea. It was not organized by Rockstar, but like all the Red Dead Redemption fans like put on like a Red Dead Redemption convention in Tombstone and they got Almost every voice actor to appear, and he came in character. Wow. And for like a weekend in Tombstone, it just became Red Dead Redemption. And I was like, this looks magical. And if they do it again next year, I'm going. That's huh. pretty cool. That's literally Ren Fair meets Red Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see, Ryan's right. The nugget is cool. Does it have a giant golden nugget? <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, cool, 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 tight, cool. tight. What else are we going to talk about tonight? Mm-hmm. Well, like, I haven't seen you guys in like three weeks. I know, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, so you should have like three weeks worth of things we could talk about. Oh, good lord! I just, I mean, I have tales from the the haunt. Mm-hmm. I don't know how interesting those are to folks. Tales from the haunt. Sorry that that was very self deprecating and. Didn't mean it to be. Uh, I think I'm 
It's all right. Uh, I'm going through some things, so aren't we all? Yeah, I'm having some dark nights of the soul conversations with myself of late. Uh, sidebar: uh, Isai Morales's mom has a bitchin' name. What's her name? Iris Margarita Morales. That's pretty bitchin'. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's a name. Which weirdly makes me jump to apparently Ryan Reynolds and um, God, what Grant Gustafson? I guess they're the like Flash? they're in a they're in a business together in Canada as like some kind of business or whatever. And they, I gotta find the commercial. They do this commercial, and at the end, Ryan Reynolds like, Jennifer's gonna be buried in me. And he says, "Thanks, Hal." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh gosh." Wait, Hal. Hal Jordan, Jordan, Green Lantern. Oh right. By the way, I, I would saw that one. I would fucking love if they did, like, just pay for it on their own as a goof. Give me a twenty-minute Brave and the Bold. Let them just both bankroll it, where he plays Green Lantern, he plays the Flash, and it's just like a post-mortem after, like, whatever a crisis. Mm. You know, like, ooh. I'd watch that actually. Yeah, I think it'd be super charming. I would, uh, uh, yeah. What if, do we do for Spotify? If, if I were Warner Brothers, I would take a very close look at how The Flash did in theaters and then look at Grant Gustin and go, yeah, we goofed. Here's a bigger check. Uh, if you were Warner Brothers, you, you, there probably wouldn't be a, 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 a SAG after strike. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be pushing for AI uh, in perpetuity of the likeness of the characters. No, I would not. In, in the likeness of the day after. The day after, yes. Yeah, for a yeah. hundred bucks a day. No, if, if you want, if you want uh, AI likeness in perpetuity, that's just called animation. That, well, that's right. just called animation. Create um, something new that doesn't look like anybody. But they don't want that. They want what's familiar. I mean, right. they want to be. Hachu. Hachu. Um, we can talk about our Halloween event. Yeah. Um, I know um, we're essentially done with movies. But if we only talked about one more movie, mm-hmm. you know, to cap out the season, yeah, uh, I would like to discuss The Bride of Frankenstein. Do it. Let's do it. I still have not seen it. I can't believe we're all going to eat on air. It's the old days. Well, there's not chips. Just wet noises. Mm-hmm. And how much you love wet mouth noises. Um, well, we don't have to do that first, necessarily. I just wanted to put it out there as yeah. something that I'd love to chat about. Yeah, we can do it. You want a hot story? Always. Does it involve someone crying? This happened on the last day of the haunt. Uh, I want people to understand. So my job at Spirit Grounds, I was not a haunt actor. So I was not employed in as cast. The devil, which was my choice, actually. Um. Because you didn't want to develop a whole new character. They specifically wanted me to do the coffin ride for a couple of reasons. The, the person that hired me was uh, Krissa. Uh, Krissa runs guest services, which were all the sideshows, concessions, tickets, uh, customer service, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I was hired as a customer service associate and not as a contact. Mm-hmm. So which I was never cast. Yeah, which is cast. Um, but she wanted me specifically, like, 
when she we were talking and she was hiring me, she's like, I know that you would probably work just fine in cast and we'd probably get you over there. I really need someone to run the coffin ride and I really need someone specifically with a skill set that has both customer service background and hot background. Right. You do both. <laughs> like yep. they are specific skills. They are. They are very specific mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. And because hot monsters that roam around do a lot of ah, blah, you know, right. they're acting. I am, regardless of whatever face I put on, I am able to interact with people and just talk to them. Transacting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Answer questions. Yep. And, and, and do all that stuff. So it, I, she wanted someone who's going to run the coffin to be a personality. So we had talked about being undertakery. I did that for the first weekend and wasn't yep. feeling it. And ended up, um, oh, yeah, that's right, gross. Uh, like I had workshopped the whole character that I threw all of that out the window. Like, I did that first weekend, I found myself drifting through four different characters. Mm-hmm. Only one of the one was the one that I had tried for the haunts in the first place. One of them was a little bit of Manuel. I'm like, like, no, I'm, just I'm, not, feeling I'm not doing any of this. Like, on that third day. Like Friday, Saturday, I was trying all that. Sunday, I just showed up with and put makeup on me. It's like, what character are you going to be? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to talk like myself. I'm not doing voice. There's no point. Right. My transactions are getting people into a coffin. I'm, I'm not doing voice. And then after that, I'm like, what do I really want to be? It's like, I have, what other characters do I have? I have this persona that I developed online years ago called Lance Lamore who's a lounge-singing demon, uh, a la Lauren from Angel. Oh, man, <laughs> I didn't know that. Back in the day, you could have appeared with Nasty Snipes and both sexies. Yes. If I had really... a different vibe, though. Well, it, not a different vibe, but a different theme. Yeah. You could have made guest appearances. I, I could have, yeah. Um, oh. you, you Feel free to keep doing it. Yeah, no. Uh, see, I didn't even bother with that. But I, I kept going... Do I want to do that? Do I want to bring Lance for this? Last time I tried to do Lance in real person was when I was in a, an extremely short-lived attempt to do Dungeons and Drag Queens. Right. Which was an all-drag queen oh, yeah, plus yeah. me, the straight guy, doing Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and as a schlub with a bunch of drag queens. I'm at least going to put makeup <laughs> on and be a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do. But I want to. I think I. I think I want to devil it up somehow. I'm like, I should just do a classic red devil, mm-hmm. classic red devil for Halloween. And uh, so the first Friday I went in to do that, I gave the directions to the makeup department, and they're a fine makeup department. They are learning. They're young. They're new. They're doing a lot of great work. They with it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will make this work for the night. And from that point on, I did my own makeup. Mm-hmm. So everything that you saw on Instagram this year, that's me. Mm-hmm. That Well, that is 100% me. Mm-hmm. Um, Good job. Thanks. Uh, so that's why I suddenly became the devil. And I was just the devil the entire time. You were like, Satan, yes. You were like, oh, my God, you scared me. I'm like, no, that's the other guy. <laughs> They were like, Jesus Christ. Nope, nope. Try again. <laughs> a little lower. I know him. He's not bad. Yeah. He's dad. Um, I had a kid who was dressed up as Jesus for Halloween. Jesus, Jesus, or Buddy Christ? Jesus, Jesus. He, oh. he should have gone the route of Buddy Christ. He did not. 
He didn't even have a proper beard. He was like pre-bearded Jesus. But he was still Jesus. Um, he stood in the line, and I just looked at him like, huh? Huh? Is it? Is it? Can I get you in the coffin, Jesus? The coffin, is this going to be the second temptation of Christ? And his group laughed. He turned red and was like, I don't want to go in the coffin anymore. <laughs> that was not the funniest interaction. The funniest like, ah, come on. He got out from a stone tomb in three days. This, yeah. is, just one. this, is, just, this is one. This is one coffin. Yeah, you, um, you've done harder than this. Yep. So part of this is going to be visual. So I'm sorry for the people who are only listening to the podcast. This is why you this. need to watch us live. This this is Tuesday, twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city. It's not that hard. I got five teenagers this in line. This could be you, but you're playing. I, I got five teenagers in line. Four girls, one mm-hmm. boy. They're probably 13, 14. Mm-hmm. That level of teenager. Um, all season long, I have been putting up to two people in the coffin at the same time, which everyone's like, you can do that? I'm like, no one told me I couldn't. So, yes, I just yes, so <laughs> get in there. So, I, 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 which it's is great. Pretty, it's a pretty big coffin. It is a big coffin. I also got my line done faster and I got more tickets. They're like, how are you getting so many people? Oh, you're putting two people in the coffin. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> Yay. I didn't mean to. That, that's just how it worked out. Right. So, I'm talking to this group. I'm like, all right, are we going separately or together? And the kids are, like, well, only the two of us are going. And what do you mean together? Like, well, you know, I put both of you in the coffin. How does that work? Like, well, you know, most people spoon. Pause. Blank looks. What does that mean? Oh, like, no. Children's well, show. Folks. Like, <laughs> Chil- oh, it gets, it gets better. I haven't even hit the punchline yet. So the, I, I'm going... I'm explaining what spooning is to the kids. And they're like, oh, 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 okay. Then you're like, I make the motions. And they're like, you know, you've got another person. You just, big spoon, little spoon. That's spooning. They're like, oh. I'm waiting for some horrible reveal. Keep going. The boy in the group goes, oh, that's spooning. I'm like, yes. It's like, I thought spooning was, um. Oh, oh, he does this. Does he not know how to use flatware? And I went, that's not flatware, though. What I, I looked at him and went, that's not spooning. Right. That is something I'm not going to explain to you. You're going to go home and ask your parents about that. and Or just run the odds and ask one of the four girls you're with. I, I didn't. I didn't run the But it, that's probably too much. They are but it, it was more that I knew in my head, like in that split second, I'm like, I am not sending this child home. To have his parents go, hey, how was the haunted house? Did you have fun? It's like, yeah, it was great. The devil taught me what scissoring was. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough he went home and went, I learned what spooning was from the devil today. I need you to unpack that spooning entire sentence. Spooning is harmless. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I just mean, like, why would you think that this, like, this I don't know. describes this? That, spoons don't work That's not like even that. forking. <laughs> It's not. It's not. Um, forking. It's not docking. Nope. It's not even uh, shrimping. No. <laughs> shrimping. Now you're going to have to explain that to me. Oh, go you. ask your boss. Uh, no, I'm not going to do okay, that. Okay, don't do that. I just pulled food crust off my shirt. That wasn't <laughs> So. Still not. When I was in Susanville, I had to go to a Walmart. Uh-huh. And Susanville Walmart, sorry. 
Brace yourselves. There are... I overheard a woman on the phone talk about how her daughter and her daughter's best friend were going to get matching tattoos because they've been friends forever and they're really into crafting. I don't know what the other side said. She said, well, that's just what I assume because they're both getting a pair of scissors on their arms. I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, yes, they've been friends for a long, long time. Oh, there's poor mom. That's cute, though, that they got the matching scissors. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Well, if it doesn't work out, it's still a top tier lesbian tattoo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Sends those single si- signals out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah like well, that's what the were for. That's yeah. once you're established. Mm-hmm. That's after gotcha. mm-hmm. that second date. Yeah. No, that's keys from moving in. Right. Right. No, the other one is the carbiner on the back pocket belt loop. Oh, okay. right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Man, Norm is just. He is on it today. He is on it today. Spooning with the Devil is the name of my all to Muse cover band. Spooning with the Devil. That's where my brain went. Yeah. Uh, so it, if the Scaregrams will have me back next year, I will happily go back and throw people in coffins again. Did I, you? Mm, go ahead, sorry. No. What were you going Did you see the woman that was walking down by the river? So when I was there with Greg, oh boy, he was probably using the restroom or something. And outside the park, there was a woman dressed in white, just walking the outskirts of the park, in Spanish, crying for her kids. <gasps> and I was like, "What was she wearing? All white, like a tattered white dress." Mm. And I was like. Is this part of Scaregrounds, or is this someone who just really wants to fuck with brown people during Halloween? Because <laughs> I was like, well done. <laughs> I mean, it could be both, but she wasn't with us. Yeah. But why wouldn't she go down and do that in Beaverton? Not be Selwood. Selwood, Scaregrounds. I'm saying, why would she do it in Selwood and not Beaverton? Oh, right. I oh, uh, because Mexicans love haunted houses. This is true. Is it really? Yeah, they yes. were all I over. I guess you guys would know better than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I Our love language is up. horror. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. I, I mean, you're probably not wrong. I grew up watching horror movies with my parents. Um, All of our fairy tales usually involve some kind of monster or someone being killed or someone coming back from the dead mm-hmm. or the land of the dead. I remember going to haunted houses when I was way too young. Hmm. I didn't really have any growing up. In fact, I was the one who started putting on haunted houses. I think the first haunted house I went to, I was 18, that I remember. Yeah. I think my mom said something about taking me to a haunted house that was probably at a school when I was a kid, but I don't really right. remember that. Um, I remember being going through a haunted house when I was like 18 and being snarky, and then coming back following weekend going, here's my help. Right. Well, you want to jump into Brian really quick? So we can- yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I feel like Denise and I both went uneventful Halloween's. You were sick and I stand in the way, it'll sound so pathetic, but you were sick and I was alone. 
Because all, all your friends were stuck doing other crap they didn't want to be doing. Yeah, they were sick or they were doing something else. And I live in a building with no kids. I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'm going to even hand out candy. Mm. So. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of children in that building, but they're all adults. Right. I mean, actual under 18 and only yeah. three. So I think that on actual Halloween day, I, I was testing negative, but I still felt crappy. So I didn't go to work, uh, and then in the afternoon I did like I did put on makeup and costume stuff for the uh, one trick or treater that we had. So I've noticed that they're going to neighborhoods; they're not just in general. There no, are just for sure. To now. And I'm so close to like a busy intersection. I'm sure that like a one block east of me, mm-hmm. dozens of kids all over the street in the yeah. park everywhere. Um, that's cool. We decided we'll just buy. Less candy, full size bars, and uh, you know, I mean, that just means that Christian has so much candy to eat. No, we got rid of it already. Ate it? No, no, no. I, I uh, we, we took it to the recycling people, we gave it to the recyclers, you know, the Ritwell folks. Oh. They, they take candy after Halloween, oh. uh, because otherwise, <laughs> Christian will eat all of it. He yeah, can't, no. he can't, he can't have just some. I saved some for myself, and I was like, Are you sure you don't want to save any for yourself? <laughs> once this is gone. This is my little bag of candy. Right. Um, and, and watch scary movies. I didn't really get to watch very many movies while I was sick because it was too complicated to try to, like, simulcast or, like, watch the same thing at the same time right. from two different places in the house. Uh, especially because everything has to be – a lot of the movies on the list had to be rented. God damn it, Letterboxd. <clears throat> um, but at some point – or I guess we watched Frankenstein before I got sick because you and I did talk about it on did, yes. the last show that we did before. before you had actually Halloween. watched Bride, but we spent so long talking on Frankenstein. No, no, no. I didn't watch Bride or Frankenstein until later. Oh, maybe we, we talked just talked about, about it privately or something. What I said was I pulled Bride or Frankenstein from the the, the, book, oh, right. the movie names, but okay. I was like, I can't watch this one first. I have to watch Frankenstein right. first. And so that's what we talked about. I did eventually watch bride of frankenstein and i did not like it oh really there are parts of it that i do really like but overall i was disappointed because most critics consider it the best of the universal monster movies bride of frankenstein yep yeah on on what grounds like what is it that makes it the best um i think it's just some of the themes about it and i think part of it is people know like the path that James Wales, that James Wales life took after Bride of Frankenstein, that by then he was like, he was like the only openly out gay man in Hollywood. Mm. Like everyone knew, but the fact, because he was British, no one was like, well, British. I, I don't know. Um, but as a rule, it's like the love. Do with the movie, that's to do with the director. The Bride definitely has way more themes of being an outcast from society. Hmm. Than Frankenstein does. Hmm. I don't really see it that way. The problem for me is not the the themes, you know, or what the message that it's trying to send. Even though I don't, I don't really feel like. Well, let me let me back up. They they had to retcon their own ending to make a sequel. There's this one woman that they a character they added to to the to the movie from the beginning and at first i was like okay well whatever i'm sure Una? 
Is that her name? I don't she is so over the top yeah, and is. annoying. And she got so much screen time and so many lines. I'm like, who did she fuck to get into this movie Not and get Jane this Will. much airtime? <laughs> right. I just, she didn't, you didn't need her at all. And I don't like her. So there's way too much of her. Uh, the the other new character, the the doctor, Doctor Pretorius, the cool name, creepy dude. He's all right. Yeah. Um. And the ending for sure. Fuck yeah, I love the ending. You're a fucking monster. You made me. I'm a monster. We're gonna stay here and die together. It's fucking metal as shit. The creature says we belong dead. Yes, that's fucking perfect. I am still amazed that. She is that character is such a visual pop culture icon, and she's in that movie for about eight minutes. And she's wonderful. Oh, she's I, I great. Don't even, I wouldn't even say eight minutes, man. Yeah. Um, so you know that that's also Mary Shelley in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Another part of the movie that I thought was really, really unnecessary. I'm like, you guys are working really hard to shove this sequel into existence where where room had not been made for it to exist. I mean, say, see every almost 80 80s slasher. Sure, sure. But. No, I get it. All of those 80s slasher franchises aren't in the 100 ish (laughs) list of movies you have to see. And I think it's higher up than the Frankenstein is on that list. Although that list doesn't give it by. They go by. They're chronological. Yeah, so they're not ranked. Right. They're just. You need to see them. Right. And I mean, like, I guess I'm glad I watched it, and I just feel like it was a it, it missed the mark. It could have been really great. It's very and weird. It, it is impressive how iconic the bride is, given how little time she has on screen. Mm-hmm. But she's she's wonderful. Her she's acting great. and and her the way that she portrays like what it must be like to be in that position. Right, like not only like like the original monster, are you foisted into existence without understanding anything? But also, there's this other fucking rando who terrifies you, and he's insisting on getting in your space. Yeah, you were created for him, mm-hmm. and you're terrified of him, and like those things do not reconcile with each other. Right. Um. So I, I feel like it had really really good potential. But it was a terrible execution. Okay. Um, no, I, I mean, I guess I can see that. I, I still will love that film. Um, but probably because there's just those iconic moments that I love. Like, he's fucking weird, but I love Dr. Pretorius. No, I like him. He's he, fine. He's weird. And I think he's, that's he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be very weird. He's, yeah. he's the only guy with more fucking God complex hubris than. Victor, oh, Henry Frankenstein. Right. It's so weird they always call him Henry, not Victor. Yeah, apparently, I think his father's name, there was another character in, in Frankenstein whose name is Victor, but it's not Frankenstein. It's some other dude. Right. Uh, Christian, he always likes to read the trivia while we're watching the movie, mm-hmm. and he said it was because um, when they were making the film, they thought that Victor would be too unlikable of a name. Like a character named Victor would be too unlikable to American audiences. Right. Which is super weird. I don't know. That's so weird. Maybe it's a maybe it's not a, is it it's not a German name, is it? Um 
I'm sure it has Germanic origins. Mm -hmm. Victor? Yeah. Because uh, I do remember that... Uh, oh, no, 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 I don't remember. Is the movie... Uh, the movie takes place in a, in a German village, right? Because it's a burgomaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Hungarian, the, Austrian. I think it's Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it technically... But the book is not, is it? Uh, it's kind of vague. Okay. There's been some arguments that the castle that inspires that inspired both the film and some of the elements that she wrote in the book are actually in Liechtenstein. Okay. Which is just a tiny little country. I think it's between Austria and Germany. A tiny little country. Okay. It's not bad. It's any small, but it's small. Um, yeah, they do a weird choice. Of time. It's like how the original Incredible Hulk show, his name was David Banner, not right. Bruce Banner. Yeah, I don't know. David, David Bruce Banner was his full name. No. Right. Um, I read about it. Really the main reason why is they felt that Bruce Banner sounded homosexual, which is weird. It's just like these are like really stupid little arbitrary things that they, I don't know, they crowdsourced or um, what's the word? Um, where you have people watch things and then. Yeah, I mean, test screenings. Test screenings. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do it then, but yeah, I gave it What was like, this is a weird jump. So the original Darkman movie, when it went to the test screening, there's a scene in Darkman where the, the main bad guy. There's a scene where he kind of is getting what he wants. So he begins, so there's like a pile of money on the bed and he strips down and just begins to just smother himself in money while he tackles. And the test screen came back saying like, everyone in the audience was made very uncomfortable by this. We demand you cut it. And Rainey was like, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He's a horrible, slimy villain. Yeah. You're not, it's not meant to titillate. Mm -hmm. like, and it doesn't, because you can find a deleted scene. And he's like, you're not supposed to like that scene. You're supposed to be made very uncomfortable by it. Yeah. Test audience scissor. As a rule, they're dumb. Yes. <clears throat> because they do not get the smartest people to do these things. I, I, and which, the questions are very leading. I follow the logic of that. I don't follow the logic of... Oh, well, then we have to cater to the test audience. It's like, so that we're catering to the lowest common denominator. And as opposed to, no, this is an art form. Do the thing. <laughs> right. Do the artistic thing. If they didn't understand that, great. Make, yep. them, make them talk about it and then realize they have to watch it again to really figure it out. Right. Uh, yeah, no, they don't do that. No. Very rarely do they do that. Uh, another thing that was absolutely unnecessary, didn't drive the story forward at all. Literally, they just wanted to show off some new visual effects. A little. To, yeah, where he's got the closest with like, the tiny queen and the tiny king. Yeah. So figured out how to create miniature humans. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. it's, it, it is not that, the problem isn't that that scene exists. It's that they spent so much time on it and i'm like all right we get it this is very cool <laughs> i mean i'm in i'm impressed that you did right. this in 1930 whatever i'm sure at the time it was also very impressive but it does thank you it does nothing for the story and it takes it's, it's way too much time spent right so what's going I'm, on i'm fighting this one's not me this is the connection this mm. time anyway um, 
I will say, I will suggest, you don't have to do it or just put it on your radar. Go watch Of Gods and Monsters now. Oh, okay. That's the movie with Brendan Fraser and... The documentary uh, about... No, and Ian McKellen. It's the, bi- it's the pseudo-biography of James Whale in his final years, and Brendan Fraser plays his pool boy. We've yeah. talked about it. And yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Liechtenstein is a very tiny country. It's very tiny. It, it, it is nestled between uh, Switzerland so, and Austria. It is mainly a tax dodge country now. The world of gods and monsters. Mm. I thought the movie was just called Of Gods and Monsters. The movie is just called Of Gods and Monsters. Yeah, Pretorius has entered a world of Of Gods and Monsters. I think. I'm not getting that. Hold on. It, I don't know. It's, hold on. It's just called Gods and Monsters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Lichtenstein also looks very much like this is what they based um, Lethveria on. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Yeah. That that looks like a country that would be ruled by Victor Von Doom. Yes. <laughs> nice. I was always bummed. Uh, forgot who it was in comics. Was kept challenging during the original for the forty five presidency. He kept challenging reporters to ask about how do you feel about um, the uh, the effects that Latveria is having by paying that by funding terrorists. Wait, what? So this was during 45's presidency. Someone was like, someone in Congress was like, I will pay a reporter $1,000 at a press conference to just ask him, what are your thoughts on that Veria paying for uh, Muslim extremists terrorism? Just to see him just go off on Veria. Just like the same guy was like, ask how he feels about Wakanda withholding precious resources from their mm. allies. <laughs> um, that would have gone about as well as we think it would. Yeah. Uh, it had been made for a hilarious news cycle mm-hmm. and then a depressing one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm fascinated with your take on this. Uh, again, I have still never seen Bride of Frankenstein, so I, I will uh, challenge myself to be critical of the movie when I do watch it. So you had not seen it before? No. Okay. I mean, there's an argument to be made that it could be a really beautiful movie if they just had not done some of those sillier elements. Um, the, yeah. I, it's, it's not without its like good artistic storytelling qualities. It might have been that that was... Like, you're talking about they did this thing and it was really cool. We didn't need to spend that much time on it. If it was the first time it was done on film, that's why they took that long. And and, and, and I'm sure that that's very likely the case. I, yeah. But it, it's not that cool new effects does not good storytelling make. No, but it does. There there have been a lot of things that I've. I, I guess my. Uh, I will finish. Start and finish the sentence. <laughs> I promise. Okay. My modern version of this is watching films post-Return of the Jedi pre-Phantom Menace that George Lucas made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost all Which were all of all over the fucking board. Because he's always trying stuff out. Yeah, And it was, like I think it was uh, Mer- Bullets Over Broadway 
No, I think you're thinking of Radioland Murders. Radioland Murders was the first almost complete CGI set. Right. That that um, that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Where it was the story was mediocre. It did meh at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um and it didn't matter because everyone's like, yeah, it was this, it was that. I'm like, none of you are talking about the fact that the background looked fake. None of you have said right. that. Even none of that is your complaint. It doesn't look fake at all. I um, think it was a set. Much like, and I liken this again to, you, you, you're complaining about the, the thing that they want you to complain about. Um, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck is not a great movie. People are like, man, this is not great. This this is bad. This is bad. Oh man, this is really corny. Uh, that duck, his line delivery is awful. I'm like, there's a walking, talking duck in the movie, right? The animatronics on the face, the physical actor they have doing that, and how they interact, and the the believability of it within the world mm-hmm. was the thing. Yeah, that was the thing that they wanted. It and lives in that world. Mm-hmm. Which makes every Star Wars physical Star Wars character actually in this in a scene and not computer generated. That's why it's real because it, he was like, "I think I can do this." Mm-hmm. Same with uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, which actually is a pretty decent movie. Yeah, but it's the two D. It's the it's the stained glass night fight. The, mm-hmm. the first interacting CGI character. So none of these are good movies or good storytelling. Hold on, though. Yeah, uh, Howard the Duck, though. Okay, no one's complaining about how fake Howard looks in, in the movie. But Howard Duck is the point of the movie. Yeah. Uh, these these two little miniature characters, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolute zero to do with the, with the story. Nope. But it was something cool that they figured out they could do, mm. and they had less oversight. Like it's, way less. It was like, here's your money. You got 14 days. Sure, sure. No, I mean, I, I get all of yeah. that. I'm just saying... I don't care for it. That's I don't no. It, make a movie about miniature society. Yep, that like, would have been really good. They did eventually. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. There you go. Like, with, cool. With this the young is really, Sean Connery. This is a really amazing technology that you have developed. It's going to revolutionize film. Save it for the movie that it belongs in. Don't just shoehorn it into whatever other fucking story you have. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. That's and and then that, that's like I said. There's a bunch of dumb shit that doesn't belong. If you had, if you could omit those things, a brighter Frankenstein could actually be really beautiful. Then you have a shorter movie. Yeah, uh, you could give the bride more time. Uh, I, that's. But the men are are, are the speakers. I know it's almost impr- it's almost amazing that they even chose to call it the Bride of Frankenstein because it's really just about these two assholes and their terrible ideas. Yeah, she doesn't have a whole lot of time in the book either. And this obnoxious woman. Maybe they should have just named it after her. That's Una. That's a character actor that I think just James Whale just loved her. Hmm. And she kind of plays the same character in all the Universal movies. She's like the Jennifer Coolidge of her time. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh, either of you see the show? Why am I blanking on the name now? Um, Penny Dreadful. I didn't. It was on my watch list for years. I saw the first season. I didn't watch the one where it became like the weird day that that theme went in LA. Oh, that's like fourth season. Oh. Mm. Uh, the first three seasons are all centered in London. Right. And it is all of the universal monsters. Um, there, 
they have a fascinating take on um, the bride hmm. because she is in it. She is a part of it. Um, she is made at the demand of the creature. Well, yeah, she is in the book too. Sure, because in the book it's basically like, if you do not give me a bride, I will show up on your wedding night and take yours. Yep. In the in, book, in the original Frankenstein. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he oh. kills Victor's wife during their wedding night, rips her heart out. And because by then, this is when the the creature is like, because in the book he's very intelligent. He's not an idiot. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's almost he's almost too intelligent. He realizes the hypocrisy of humanity, and mm-hmm. he's like, fine, if I can't. If I can't get people to even tolerate me, I, great. They want a monster. I'll give them a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had actually, I didn't know that about the bride, about um, the Victor's wife to be mm-hmm. uh, kill, being killed. Uh, but I, I expected when I started watching Bride of Frankenstein, I had the expectation that it was going to be his wife dies. And he wants to bring her back, uh, mm. and that's that's who the bride of Frankenstein becomes, or that's you know what, what happens in the book. Yep, um, that's actually the plot of Frankenhooker. <laughs> should Still, I also put that on my list? You should. We should. It's you very- should put Frankenhooker on your list. Um, Greatest VHS box yeah. of all time. It was. Her nipples were buttons. And when you pushed it, her eyes lit up. This is like 80s tech. And this bad voice box in the box in the VHS box went, Wanna date? Wanna date? Wow. It's amazing. It's very hard to find a Frankenhooker box that is not, that just doesn't work anymore. Yep. Yeah. It is not a good movie. No, no. I can tell. I can already tell yeah. that this is not a good movie. No, but it's also one, very one, fun. one cover and one still, and I I know what to expect. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. and that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. If I know what to expect, that, that everything's fine. Just like Cabin in the Woods, I can fully appreciate that movie now. It is what it is. It's, it's a fun. It's got funny shit. It's got fucking Bradley Whitford. It's a good time. Thor. It's got. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was expecting like a hard horror film when I the first time I sat down to watch that, and uh, it's absolutely not that. And right. I was I'm like, poop. This is, <laughs> this is this is poop. I really hope one day I can do my my comic spin on the Universal Monsters. someday. I like my bride a lot. She's very tech. Mm. Uh, I think it's time for a break. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Man, I had a good transition to go over into Asylum, and it's, it's gone. Oops. No, right. it's fine. But we should talk about them. Yeah. I mean, you mean the Before or after the break? Are we taking, like, a real break break? We can take a real quick break break. Let's take a break break. Yeah. And and, and then we'll come back with this one? We can yes. do now? Yes. Okay. We're going to come back with it. We're going to come back with Asylum. Break break. Break. Guardian Games is our sponsor. They are our longest sponsor. You can find them, of course, at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon, and you are definitely going to want to find them because no matter what kind of game you are into, Guardian Games is is going to have it. Um, but like beyond like games and stuff, and I don't mean like miniatures or, or whatever or, you know, dice or all those kind of tchotchkes and things. Um, no, if you find yourself curious about 
designing games or coming up with concepts of games or maybe you just want to kind of create your own, you know, campaign world. You want to be your own, you know, Matt Mercer, but, you know, on a small old local, you know, scale. Guardian Games also has a really good selection of, of books and small press items that are dedicated to that, to bringing your vision of a game to life with tips and tricks so that, you know, you can avoid pitfalls from everyone who has come before. Um, and I don't mean like just how to be a good DM, but like world building, a lot of it shares things that writers do because we're all trying to tell a story. And Guardian Games will have those books as well. I have picked up a couple myself. You know, I have been a forever DM for darn near 30 years. I write comics and novels, but there there are still things that I forget. And there are some fantastic books at Guardian Games to help you build your world, uh, tell your collaborative story. So get down there and check all of that out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Guardian Games. And as always, please, when you're there... Um, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ticket. Ticket. Well, Miss Potter. I was wondering. Now you've lost me. Now you've lost me. Same show. Same show. Oh, I just know the song. Oh, I just know the song. Please excuse my son. Epstein's mother. It's a good show. It's a good show. Was was yeah. Vinny uh, Barbarino. Vinny Barbarino. What? What? Epstein. 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 Yeah. Is it me? Yeah. Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? It's not me. It shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. I don't hear anymore. I don't hear anymore. Nope. There it is. Nope. I hear. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone's lids are on tight. They're on yeah. tight. Yep. That's weird. Yep. That's weird. Oh. Do, do, do. Anyway. Anyway. You know it's not weird. You know it's not weird. Asylum. Decorated house in asylum. 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 Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Right across from the Baghdad Theater. You can also call them five zero three two three two eight four eight two. Insert ad copy here. Um. So we've we've so talked we've about their hours. About their hours. We've talked about we've their sort of pivot in in product. Yeah, all modern, minimalist, minimalist, minimalist architecture now, and and design. And, and, design. Um, and here's the and thing: here's is the I, thing is I I did always love I the furniture, but I think that I think that all the like the smaller decor stuff is really where they they. Where they yes. I'm totally enraptured yes. by this uh, is is where like they're 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 really just really, oh, yeah. really oh, shown yeah. really you know and now we know all that it's, all just, that. it's, it's the small yeah. individual yeah. stuff that they hunt they hunt from all over from and, they, and, source and they source stuff that you you're not going to get at Target, Target or, or a Walmart or, or, or IKEA you know. Like, like, regardless of like regardless whatever of, like, like quality or price range you're looking at at those big box stores, it's still yeah. a big box store. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know. And yeah, Asylum know. gets and a lot of their stuff from, from the Nordic countries, the Nordic countries mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. without the uh, drabness uh, of an IKEA. Of an IKEA. Like you're not going like, to ever buy something called a Houdon, with the Bjorgens. That that every other house has no part of the board. But but 
I know I talked about it before, but now I would get to know you. It's that fucking single candle holder. That is designed for carrying and lamenting. And it's just, it's designed for being woeful and just walking around. But in a modern way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, so, like, instead of haunting your Victorian manor, you're haunting like your Art like Deco inspired modern, modern apartment. Your your mid century ranch. ranch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's that? Who's that? Famous architect. Famous architect. Uh, I know you're talking oh, about yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Right. I think we have one here. We have one like one of his homes. Anyway, that's up in the West Hills, I'm sure. But if you were carrying a candlestick in a home like that, it would be this candlestick. It would be. Or if you are a dungeon master who's about to potentially wrap up a Christmas straw campaign. He, you would also carry would this while TPKing a party that's gotten out of reach. Or if you're me, you, you would be carrying the little, the little, little, little glass Evo hat, Evo hat, Evo candle holders. They still have them. They do. I would think, I would as, think a, as, a, as a DM, as a DM you, would, you would light your table light your, with the moon, the full moon light. Yes. I may bring that. Especially because there's a certain player that the full moon means bad news for them. I mean, good news for Oops. a DM. Sure. Oops. Oops, a Daisy. Uh, lamps. Oops, also, they've got such great lamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, they- modern minimalist. Uh, lots of like black powder coat, gold, brushed gold, uh, which is one hundred percent my vibe. Yeah. Um, I love some of the pieces that I'm seeing. Too. Again, we bring this up a lot, but I feel like if you were to do a TOS fan film. You would just buy your set decorations from Asylum. The vases, the vases and candle holders from the urban nature culture mm-hmm. are really fucking cool. And like, I could see Spock meditating in front of that, contemplating the end of times. Do they still have the those uh, those cool floor mats, like door door indoor rugs? You know, for your front door. Yeah, the, the ones patterns. that are—they're technically made of plastic, but they last like sixty years, mm-hmm. and they can be. Washed. I think they're made from recycled plastic. Yeah, the uh, is... the, the chill witch doormat. Chill witch. Mm-hmm. Um. And lamps, lamps, lamps. Uh, I really like this. This it's like this. Uh, this like cream blue, uh, like a half circle dome, but then there's another like dome. Inside, underneath of it, and then right. the base of another little dome. It's just, it's so, oh. it's so round. And Speaking of Frank Lloyd Wright, also they have salt and pepper shakers designed by him, or well, designed they, after his architecture, like his house. Yeah, 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 I remember those. So lots of really cool, unique elements to decorate your home or mm-hmm. give as gifts. Um, Especially and, since gift giving season is now right um, around the corner. Yeah, and especially, like, if you know someone in your life that doesn't have a lot of room, like this host, mm-hmm. um, a lot of his, a lot of, like, their cool shelving and stuff for plants, because I want more plants in my apartment. Um, How's your new baby doing? It's good. Yay. Yeah. 
Like my apartment gets tons of natural light, actually, a lot. So mm-hmm. much so that at times I'm like, I'm calling the blinds, it's too much fucking light. Right. But I don't have nowhere to put plants. So you need to put them on the wall. On the walls or stuff like that. So I would really. Yeah, they have a lot of really cool shelf uh, solutions. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, like the, I like the ones that are like inverted uh, cube. Those are the ones I was looking yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah, those are really cool. So if you if we're bouncing around, like there's like a reason for it. They have a lot of cool stuff. Um, so really, you should just get your ass down. Just there. get your ass down there, thirty seven thirteen Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, across the Baghdad Theater. Um, I'm gonna talk about. I feel like what we'll do. Oh, no, no, we're not done. I wanted to do it at the end. Oh well, then let me do one more thing. So next week, I'm not gonna talk about them now, but they have these little collections that if you're a Paul Thomas Anderson fan, is that the guy who only films white people? No, Wes, um, Wes Anderson. No, but is that the other guy's what? That's the Event Horizon guy, right? Paul W.S. Anderson is different than Paul Anderson. Paul T. Anderson. There's, there's a, there are too many Paul Andersons. That Wes they, Anderson. They're not Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson is the anyway. Guy. There's something there that if you like Wes Anderson movies, he has things. He and Deb have things that would allow you to do a stop. You know what? Wrap it up. Yep. Thirty-seven thirteen Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, PX Asylum. For lovers of minimalism, modernism, and design. Yeah. That was good. I like that. That's really good. Well done. Nailed it. Now it's time to be Cerrito Strong. The word text. The word text. The word text. Um, And we're out. Where where to start? So uh, I I think we should speak. He looks just like Tom Paris. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I don't see it. Uh, God damn, it's such a good recurring. Uh, Look at Chris Lincoln. No, it's right there. It, it, I mean, the the fact that uh, the two uh, two part season finale um, tied the show directly into the episode of TNG Lower Decks in mm-hmm. a way that. Just gut punches you. Well, not as a viewer. Not the episode Lower Decks. The, yeah. The, yeah. Well, because she appears in two episodes. I know you're saying she does, but it like Mike McMahon has talked before about how Lower Decks from TNG was the inspiration for Lower Decks. Right. TV oh, that's show. right. Because there's the Klingon on the fan is like your friend died doing what she loved. Yes. How dare you dishonor her by yeah by not. By not promoting yourself, by not accepting promotions. Yep. The like the second that Mariner utters, it's like I miss Ito so much. It's like fuck. And then in the finale, you realize that they weren't even friends. She looked up to Cito. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I when she said Cito's name, I'm like. Feel like I'm supposed to know who that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, it took me longer than the average bear to uh, put those together because my brain is bad. Uh, but I was like, oh, oh, I do know her. I do know her. And I, wait, I thought Worf felt responsible for her death. He I did. don't really know much about this other storyline um, where Cito and those other. So it was, it was first. That, was trouble. it called the first duty? No, it was Squad. Uh, I, I don't remember the name of the episode. It may have been First Duty. Um, so it's when West is at the Academy, and it is Nova Squad is the elite. Is one of the only elite elements in the Academy, yeah. which eventually DS9 creates Squad. Right, right. Um, and so I, 
And I she's remember in that. when I looked up Cito, I was like, oh, I know her. Oh, I know from, her. Oh, from freaking oh, Lord Dex episode. They finally put together. But I did not know about this other Nova squad. All of those events. And that was why. That was why. She, she had, had that scene in Lower with Captain Picard, where he explains, like, I, I brought you on the ship. I already knew your history. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that if of anywhere you were going to get the fairest shake, you were going to get mm-hmm. uh, in Starfleet. I love yeah. that part, and I always love the interaction with Warp. That he creates like a bullshit fighting style where you're blindfolded. Mm-hmm. And then he's really quiet. He just keeps knocking her on her ass. He's like, again, again, again. And finally, she gets up and rips the blindfold off. He's like, what's the problem with you, Ensign? She just yells at him. She's like, it's not fair. He's like, very good. Now you have learned the lesson. There are things that are not fair, and it's how you deal with it. You mm-hmm. have passed. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was... I don't know that Mariner has ever mentioned this character before. I, 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 if I remember correctly, she has like she, there have been inklings, and of course, obviously, the whole point of the Mariner character is that she uh, shirks responsibility. But we've known for a long time that it's for these like sub, maybe not subconscious, but for reasons that she doesn't talk about. She's yeah. not just yeah. a fucking slacker. She is she's, avoiding the hard thing. Yeah, because she's clearly very good at what she does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people do follow her yeah she's got a ton of experience she's really smart mm-hmm. uh she's got leadership skills for sure it's, right. it's it is purely psychological that she sabotages her own career over and over right we've, all, we've known that for a long time but now we finally after four whole seasons yeah get to learn exactly why mm-hmm. and which makes this one of the slowest burns I've ever seen in Trek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really well done. No, like this totally felt like, oh, McMahon's had this plan the entire time. Absolutely. Right. Um, because it, even to the point of whenever Mariner runs a any sort of uh, uh, program on the holodeck where there's an antagonist, the antagonists are Cardassian. And now I know why. Yep. Cardassians killed her friend. Yep. It's like, oh, that's why you, oh, okay. Because even when she makes, like, the antagonist like Romulan, she's kind of just poking fun at him. But when yeah. she drop, has a drag-out fight on the holodeck, it's always Cardassians. Yeah. Always. I had not... Because they killed her friend. Yeah. It, yeah. They're all these tiny little things. Like, even her friend that is a captain of another ship and that came on the Cerritos mm-hmm. for a while and, and she's like, what the hell is with you? Like, you were the best of us. I don't understand who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. So nobody, nobody. Yeah. Yeah, she's been she's been carrying this quietly alone mm-hmm. for years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other, like, really great elements. Because it's fun. It's easy to, like, laugh at Boimler because he's such a fanboy mm-hmm. for these legends of Starfleet. And that split moment. When he's like, this is acting cat. Like, the fanboy was gone. Yep. It was everything I have learned from all of these people I worship, I am now using. And I was like, wait, would I actually buy into a Captain Boimler one day? Like, I kind of think I would. Yeah, at that point, yes. Yeah. I mean, he's he's young. He's younger than Mariner. He's 
he's who Mariner was in those flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but, starry eyed, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because Mariner. But he has been developed. He also has been growing. Which also works when you realize that even though she picks on him relentlessly, I think one of Mariner's fears is that something's going to break Boimler and yep. take that wonder out of his eye for being in Starfleet. Yep. That's why she's always trying to keep him safe. She's poking fun at him the whole time. Um, and it's it's because I honestly think it's because the writers were like, "This is part of her thing," mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, obviously, Mariner Mariner's backstory had, yeah. was like thought out in depth from the beginning. She's kind of got that pipe guilt of no one dies, right? Which is why I can't wait. wait we better get a fifth season because they have teased the animated Strange New Worlds crew in Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. That's right. I thought that was going to be this season. I, I thought mean, it was too, but I guess not. I thought it was too. No, uh, but it, I have even recently, not not just like back when the first crossover happened, more recently right. I saw Norm, you know, like headlines about Barter by combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I, earlier I read that and I thought you said, Norm, that that was a, a phrase you were using at home and I'm like, I would love to watch Norm and Katie Barter by combat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one ruffles their feathers? It's your turn to walk the dog tonight. No, you. Puff up, puff up. It's embarrassing. Do it. <laughs> uh, I I loved um, everything that went on with Tendi. Can um, um, I just? And Rutherford has, has been a lot more stalwart this season. I don't feel like they've done a lot of deep dives, but they've spent the last couple seasons getting deep dives on Rutherford. Yeah, he's I think been through it, a lot. His, yeah. first, his first step was when he got reprogrammed. Yeah. He died, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I think him wrapping things up with Badgie. Yep. That's um, true. That, that was if, for if him. If he did a fifth season, as much as I don't always want characters to pair up romantically, like that feels like in a way like a thing a good thing for Tendi and and not to make it a big thing. Oh, I feel like they addressed that very clearly in the episode where they right, had but, to pretend to but, be married that but, they are not doing that at all. See, I think they're gonna No, come, I think they will eventually. I think they, they will just, eventually. It, it's when it was a conscious thing, it was too weird. Yeah. But they but I, they I could, have a very specific kind of chemistry that in in, in in classic writing, it always ends up romantic. Which, it just which takes a couple stumbles first. Normally, I'm on I'm on track with that, but I don't think that's what they're doing here. I honestly believe that they did that to address fans thinking mm-hmm. that's where they're going. And now and they're then, done with it. And now they're done with it because they're trying to get across that these four people, very specifically, are not romantic partners of one another. They are friends at a level that like Tendi and Rutherford's comfort with each other as friends is I I get that. I guess yeah. what I mean is that we get ever get a season like a true series finale. They're like, sure, we're doing this many seasons. We're gonna have an epic ender that it kind of pulls in all good things, not an alternate future. Mm. I would kind of love it to play with certain tropes of like, especially this happens a lot in animation, they then jump forward 20 years, mm-hmm. especially if they do like the Stand By Me ending. Right. You know, and, and Boimler blew off. And like, <laughs> I would kind of love it to cut back to its old Tendi 
and old Rutherford reading to like grandkids. And mm. then it's, they just call her like Auntie Mariner mm-hmm. mm. and have her rip them one more time of like, look at you two. <laughs> yeah, it's such a happy ending. And have Rutherford be like, wait, who knew? I had no idea. And have Mariner be like, yeah, because you two were idiots. You're the only two that didn't know. Sure. You know? <laughs> and I and I also like I see what you're saying. Like, it, it would it would actually be more. It it would be unsurprising for them to for the the writing team to be like, look, we've addressed this, and we're just not going to go with that trope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing that doesn't make me expect that is that they're going to do a more traditional, you know, romantic. Uh, plot line for them is the fact that in that episode where they had to pretend to be a couple even though it was super weird for them and the, like afterwards they're like oh no we're happy as just friends they are definitely attracted to each other okay yeah even that's part of what made it so awkward for them yeah i mean i i hope we get more for obvious reasons but i so need to know more about What's Tendi's title? Something of the Winter... Uh, uh, Princess of the Winter Constellations. Yeah. M- mistress. No. Mistress. 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 Okay. But oh, now it's her sister. No, she's like, I will come back as the as the mistress. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. No, she's like, you've always wanted mm-hmm. me to be there. And I kind of like spoilers how it ends with her. She's like, <sighs> you know, looking off, seeing her friends warp out on the Cerritos, mm-hmm. and then she turns and goes, let's do this. I'm like, oh... Tendi's hardcore. Like I she's love such Tendi. a little cute little muffin all the time, but she's fucking hardcore, man. Mm-hmm. The I, I think the the three women of the season to, now that they've added Talen. Mm-hmm. It's great. Talen is Mariner in Vulcan in Vulcan form, <laughs> which is but why I never told Talen that that would be she would find that insulting. I don't know that she would. Like Talen. Mm, the, it's one of the reasons why Talyn listened to Mariner when Mariner was going, your commanding officer didn't know shit. Right. You were a Vulcan as fuck. I like, think I think Talyn would see it as a compliment until someone mentioned about the whole, like, you know, you lead with your heart. You'd be like, mm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that she would be insulted by that. I, I, I think that she... The the reason that she works is because she can she matches the same energy as Hendy and Mariner, and those are her contemporaries. Mm-hmm. And right, like at no point does she have any. She doesn't back down. No, like she, she was one of the few people that got through to Mariner when they they were stuck on that planet. She's like, this is you are not doing this. right. <laughs> Like when she took someone out, like she's like, I was gonna beat him up. Like, yeah, I did it for you. You're welcome. We're moving on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not gonna fuck with you, Vulcan. Because it's just such a. I still know people that are like, I just can't get into a funny Star Trek. I'm like, you are so doing the show a disservice. Yes, the jokes are there. I think the jokes are much more subtle now. They're not as overt. Um, I mean, they. Yeah, I. Compared to the first yeah. season is how I meet. Oh, yeah. Like the first season of Orville was dick and fart jokes, and then it stopped being that. It yep. stayed funny, but it stopped being that. Yep. Um, I do love that it seems like now every season they pick 
a TOS movie mm -hmm. to completely visually ape. Mm -hmm. um, you mean like Wrath of Khan? They did it. It was like it was so over and wonderful. I kept expecting to hear the Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith score or the mm -hmm. no, not the, the Horner score. Mm -hmm. Jay Horner. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen all of the movies, nor have I seen any of them enough times to like really pick up on those. Yeah, there's the whole with the yeah. Oh, the the whole with Carno Mariner submarine chase in the cloud. Mm -hmm. That's all. Wrath of that Khan. was Wrath of Khan. I she had the Genesis device. She had the Genesis device. <laughs> Yeah, the ongoing, like, I don't see it. Joke uh, about, yeah. Like, I did. Uh, sorry. Brain fart. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that uh, Carol Freeman is one of the best captains in Starfleet. Yeah, she's great. Like, we've seen her do enterprise level shit. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she does some archer shit. Yes. Um, the, the fact that I watched season four of Discovery and went, when the fuck did the Ferengi get into the Federation? To have that answered by lower decks yeah. is like, oh, oh, this is apparently when Mm -hmm. And open first diplomatic channels with the Orions, which clearly doesn't work out if you watch Discovery. <laughs> Correct, but, but there are other things. Yeah, yeah there's other mitigating circumstances. I would like to see, because this is just me oh, hypothesizing. That, the thing with the Orions is off the books. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's Sorry. true. It's off the books. Yeah. The, the stuff from the crossover episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that stuff's not on official. I, I almost wonder if this is part of the, like, in Lower Decks Writer's Bible. That the reason why uh, it's Beckett Mariner, right? Yeah, yeah. Why she doesn't command a more high, you know, a more visible ship like a, a sovereign, like an Enterprise. Yeah, sovereign. that's what Cable was saying, not not Enterprise. Oh, the show, Freeman. Uh, Enterprise. Freeman, yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if in the Bible, the writer's Bible, if they have one, I'm assuming they do. It's the whole like, look, my husband is like a high-ranking admiral. I don't want it to make it. I don't want people to think that I'm commanding a galaxy class or a sovereign class because my husband commands whatever the sixth fleet. Sure, because she because she is big on propriety and how she is perceived. She's very much on people get their roles on merit, and I can see her being like, I can see her husband being like, "You've done this for a long time. You're highly decorated." Like. Mm -hmm. If you want it, you have earned a flagship, a higher profile ship. You can even bring your crew with you, your command crew, and have her be like, it would look weird. I could, I could see her doing that, like overthinking it. I'm yes. not saying it's a healthy thing. I'm saying I could see her doing that. I don't. Okay. But, and, and I never really thought about it, um, about this this sort of thing. Like, why isn't she uh, on a more, like a, high, a higher profile class ship, maybe it's Mariner. Oh, no, there's probably that, too. Maybe she stays, uh, you know, she, she tries to stay in the same arena that Mariner won't let herself uh, be promoted out of. Yeah, And it costs could be the thing where she's like, I won't promote out until 
Because at times she still refers to it like, look, you're my, you're, I'm your commanding officer, but you're still my kid, mm-hmm. and I'm going to protect you. And you still haven't snapped out of this, so I'm going to see it through with you, whatever it is. Which I think, which is what I think Ransom has been doing with her all season with Mariner. Yeah. Well, like, he, I'm he, not he put it out there. He's like, I'm not going to let you keep sabotaging yourself. Yeah. I know what you're capable of, yeah. and I'm not falling for your games. Yeah. yeah. Which has been such a cool growth of Ransom because he's just been a beefcake for three seasons. Off and on. Off and on. For the most part. Every, everyone's development has been gradual. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff has just been a lot more overt this last season. Yeah. But, like, there's been growth with Jax, uh, Miglamo, um, Dr. Donna, like all, <laughs> all of them have like have been able to be showcased in such a way. It's like, oh, you're not the doofus upper uh, command that they're always rebelling against. Like you also have reasons why you've done things and what you're doing now. Um, yeah. But George Takei was in an episode of War Decks. Oh, because they had they had the never mind. I forgot. They had the TOS kind of thing. And he played Sulu. I don't remember that. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was in the Nexus. Yeah. I forgot about that part. Yep. What were you saying? Don't remember now. It's gone. Uh, I, I do think that uh, I'm well, I, I believe that uh, Mike McMahon has a lot of these things plotted out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think also, especially with with all of the characters, that the actors themselves have also, as they interact more and more with him and are becoming more of these characters, that he's like, oh yeah, we're doing this with your character now. And mm-hmm. It's like, I'd like to do this. Yes, done. We're, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like Don Lewis is... Very, very heavily involved with the direction of where uh, Captain Freeman is going. Uh, and it is very easy to look at both Mariner and Freeman as characters and go, oh, yeah, now it's like I didn't get the parental thing before. Now it's like Mariner is exactly the type of officer that Freeman would have been, which is why she's now a captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they take the same what seems like crazy risks, but they're very calculated because they are based on their own life experience. Their life experiences are a little more broader than most Starfleet officers. That uh, I considered being another reason why Freeman isn't on a, why she is the captain of a a California class is because her methods are too unconventional. Mm -hmm. And, People are like, mm, no, you need to keep her out of the spotlight because yep. we never know what she's going to come out with. It's but. like if we just give her mundane assignments, she still comes back and goes, hey, I got a friend here joining the Federation. Yeah, also, I stopped this war. Also, I did this other thing. I do you hope- wanted me to do an escort, but also here's a peace treaty. Yes. I do hope for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons why, I, there's two reasons like on a service level I really want more seasons. A, you need to give me at least six seasons because you've been mo- you've been doing homage posters for every season, and mm. you still owe me four. You still owe me five and six, mm-hmm. um, which is why if we get a lower deck season five, I want them to eight the teaser poster of Star Trek: The Final Frontier that shows just it just shows a theater seat flying through space, and it says 
the reason why they're putting seat belts in theaters. Star oh, Trek Five, the Final Frontier. It's so dumb. And also, because they've been in a relationship for three seasons now, I want to see a baby between Shaxus and Dr. Ta'ana. <laughs> Just this weird, chonky, ridged head cat person. Like this weird... Cat I with little with little Bajoran nose ridge. Mm-hmm. I do like very I do like during the potential the, the Orion barter fight where Dr. Tahana's like you're fucking at him. Like, just, he's so violent. Yeah. She and is. then she I love it when she's around those Bajoran women. And she's like ah, mm, Oh man, that episode was so weird. It's so good. No, we don't want him anymore. Believe it or not, it makes synthetic babazoids. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's so good though. Yeah. And you know, Donkey Dog. God, I love Donkey Dog. Um, I, I had forgotten at this point that. Uh, and I Eugene forgot. Cordero. Yeah. Donkey was Dog. in the good good place? Is Donkey yeah, I, Dog? Yeah, I don't think of Eugene Cordero as, as the guy from the good place anymore. It's been years. When when Mower Dogs first premiered, I was like, "Oh my god, they got Donkey Dog on a Star Trek. That's ridiculous." Mm-hmm. But, Which means I need a guest appearance. I need him to have a relative and played by what's it, Manny? Manny just sent up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, oh man, that'd be awesome. Um, Portals. I still yell that sometimes. <laughs> Portals. Wow, that's silly. They should do that. That's very. That that's ridiculous. very lower decks. Yeah, it is. I also forget that Phil Lamar is Admiral Freeman. All right. Mm-hmm. It's just God, God, it's just such a good it's a good show. Poor, Poor Jennifer, Jennifer just died. Oh yeah, this has kind of just ended the relationship off camera. For a long time people thought it was gonna be uh she was that she was gonna start dating what's her name? Talina. And they're like, No. That's also look, yeah, Mariner's canonically by now. We can't have her constantly picking up with chicks because then it becomes a bit. Also, I, I felt and she has. I feel like the breakup with Jennifer was very on screen. Was it? Yeah, I don't remember. I yeah. don't remember why, but I do remember that it happened. Because when, so when everybody they did interviews of the Cerritos crew mm-hmm. and the Cerritos it. it came out that all of these horrible things were going on in the Cerritos and and the one person that they didn't want talking to the reporter was Mariner and Mariner went in and talked to her and then all of these rumors started happening and, and like Starfleet Command was pissed and they all just went, oh, it's Mariner's fault. Mariner opened her big mouth and, and she's like like even Jennifer's like nope, I I, I don't believe you. It, you're, too, you're too much of a wild card. She's like well, if all of you believe this, I guess there's nothing I can do to say to convince you, so I'm out. And she left and left Starfleet. Um, and then it came out everyone but Mariner oh, spilled the right, right, right. of the Cerritos. Every fucking member of the crew. There are sometimes I have to go back and watch yeah. a lower deck because I don't remember things. I realize that at times, if it's, if it's like, like 1130 11 at night on a new episode, I'll be like, I'll just stay up. Oh. And by the last 10 minutes, I'm nodding off. And then in the morning, I'm like, no, I watched it. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I go through and, and uh, 
I, I watch it the day of, but yeah, I don't evening, do that. So. Yeah. Old men always be falling asleep in front of the TV. I had it twelve forty-five in the morning, not at quarter to nine, like people do. <laughs> well, that's how it starts. The fact that you can't keep your eyes open in front of the TV is the is the thing. I, and then that time is just going to keep creeping early. I didn't say fall asleep in front of the TV. No, but he does. Oh, okay. he, he just said it. And, uh, we all know my husband does. Yeah. <laughs> Much sometimes, earlier. Sometimes, okay. sometimes he is, he's falling asleep before 10. Oh, I've seen him fall asleep at like 8.58. Because you'll be upstairs. You were upstairs like fiddling. And we were, yeah, we were watching like whatever we would watch. Oh. And I glanced over because I'd hear it. He was not sleeping uh, at, in that window of time, so it was really bad. No, I feel bad. I feel like that's my fault. That's a, anyway. Yeah. Watch yeah. it over next. Uh, yes, watch it. Yes, uh, we obviously love it. You should watch it if uh, you aren't already. I mean, how many of our listeners are not watching Lower Decks at this point? Anyone who doesn't want to pay for television, which is a choice. That I respect and support. Look, eventually we're all, we're all going to go back to commercials. The only thing that's going to be annoying me is they're going to keep raising their prices and have commercials. Here's mm-hmm. the thing: charge me fifteen bucks a month for your service with no commercials, or charge me far less and I will have commercials. That's the deal. I get it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I. I, I don't mind. Well, or don't charge me, but then have commercials. I don't mind. That's the deal. No, but yes, if there are commercials, there are no fees. Yeah. Well, because that. that that's the model. Right. And that's called TV. TV? TV. Right. I mean, you, you can still get free TV, but none of the shows we talk about are on regular TV. That's true. So. No. No, I mean, yeah. unless, every, every unless someone wants to join me year. on a Columbo podcast. That would probably be your husband and Matthew Clark and Rucka. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. There's your, there's your there show. It is, yeah. You but then we have, then we'd have to do one off for the Rockford Files, and then we bring in Ring. Yep. But it should be a sausage fest. Yep. I I love you all. I don't want to be on that show. Surround yourself with white men. I love Columbo so much. It's so good. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, Norm says he fell asleep last night in front of the F1 race last week. Oh, no, well, no, he fell asleep last night, but also last week in front of a race. Well, it's because I get the skill and talent involved, but watching racing is boring unless it's rally racing. I, F1 doesn't I'm do going to assume that if Norm is watching F1 racing, he doesn't find it boring. It's boring. Either way, it's not about the content. Also, uh, they, they do more than turn left in F1. And I know, don't come at me. I actually know it does actually take skill to do that. It does. You said so. You and ex- and it can be exhausting to do it. Still not going to watch it. Yeah. There, there's a difference between being able to have the skill to drive a sports car and watching people drive. It's like watching golf. It's boring as hell. Yes. Yes. Uh, you are right. We should wrap up the show. I was about to say that, too. Uh, next week, can we say what we're reviewing, or is that still a hush hush? I thing? haven't heard for sure. Because I haven't heard a single press review of it yet either. We like, might be like talking a about a thing next week. Really? 
we'll talk about that off air. Yeah. But uh, no announcements right now. Well, we'll likely be reviewing the show. We will. We, we just, can definitely. Do we just want to say what it is this week. We'll definitely be on air next week. Yeah. That that's we okay. are so good at teasing this, guys. Uh, we definitely have some good plans for next week's show, so make sure to be here. Yeah. I'm still recovering from Susanville, y'all. Because I didn't sleep for shit when I was there. Mm. Uh, anyway, who are you? I'm Aron Duran. I'm Vaynerita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. We will speak to everybody next week. <gasps> Lower text. Lower text. Lower text. Lower text.